0: It's Something For Nothing, The Rush Fan Cast. Jerry and Steve with you. Jerry, today's the day we're going to do it. Today
1: is the day we're going to do it. What are we doing?
0: (laughs) Well, a few months ago, the 40th anniversary of Moving Pictures was released, and it included a live album that is, dare I say, fantastic. It's dynamic. Dynamic. That's a great word, Jerry. Thank you very much. We're going to talk about it today. You can find us on Twitter. We are at Rush FanCast. Instagram, find us at the Rushcast. Email Jerry therushcast at gmail.com. The Based intro and outro, that is Lex. He's the best. And Jerry has the best email to read, I'm sure. I do. It's from Roheed. Hey Rohid.
1: He says, Hey guys, I love the podcast. I discovered your show a few months ago just listening to a random episode with guests that I thought would be interesting. Very quickly, I realized that this whole podcast was made for me as a diehard Rush fan, and I went back and started from episode one. Uh-oh. Can you believe that? <laughs> we, we hooked him, and then he went back to number one. I especially love how you guys are able to critique the albums without being completely sycophantic, but you are also able to make statements like, Alex's guitar solo is amazing, which needs no further clarification, because it's an, <laughs> because it's an indisputable fact can't wait to keep listening to all the upcoming episodes and keep up the good work. So a short one today.
0: Thanks Rohit. Appreciate that. I love hearing from listeners who just find us on a random episode and then go back and start from the beginning. It's great.
1: I know. I'm just curious how they find us randomly.
0: Well, they probably put search in for Hugh Syme maybe, and they hear a Hugh Syme episode and then they're like, Hey, that's pretty good. Maybe these guys could do some other stuff. Well, maybe we'll find out. We'll find out. Maybe we could talk about Live in YYZ. Well, maybe. Yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. It's part of the 40th anniversary release, as I mentioned, of Moving Pictures, released April 15th of this year, and it's dubbed Live in YYZ. Two discs, the band's complete unreleased Toronto concert from the Maple Leaf Gardens on March 25th, 1981. Man, I wish I was there.
1: Yeah, so do I. So how does it stack up do you think against uh, Exit Stage Left?
0: Wow, we're going to go there right away, huh? Of course we're going to go right right away also. I think it's exponentially better than Exit Stage Left. What do you think?
1: Exponentially better. Exponentially better. What do you think? I know, I think it's great. Expon- <laughs> Exponential, though. I mean, I have read things online where people are saying that it's much better than Exit Stage Left. But why Why do you think it's much better? Is this the sound?
0: I think it sounds better. I think because there was no restriction on how long it could be. It's a full show, right? Mm. So that makes it better right off the bat. Right. I mean, I've got Exit Stage Left here right with me because I knew this was going to come up, right? Right. Mm-hmm. There are only 12 tracks on Exit Stage Left here. 12. Okay. Now, all of them appear on this new release. So you get... All of those tracks. Actually, you know what? I'm going to take that back. Jacob's Ladder is not on live and YYZ. Okay. But it is on Exit Stage Left. Every other song is on this new one. So if you're a huge Jacob's Ladder fan, you're going to say, well, (laughs) well, I'm a huge Jacob's Ladder fan.
1: Right. So what songs are on this new release that aren't on Exit Stage Left?
0: 2112, Overture, and The Temples of Syrinx. Cygnus X1 book two hemispheres prelude. The camera eye is not on exit stage left. That's a huge omission. Don't you think? Yeah, really vital signs is not on exit stage left. Natural science is not on exit stage left. And the medley at the end is also not on exit stage left. That's a lot. That's a big difference. That's a huge, huge difference. Huge difference. One thing I wanted to bring up before we get into the individual tracks, Jared. This was mixed from the original analog live multi-tracks by Rush's original producer, Terry Brown. How cool is that?
1: That is very, very cool. That's a job to have, right?
0: I would love to hear the story of how they (laughs) reconnected with Terry Brown and said, Hey, we really want you to mix this. I mean, he must have been thrilled.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. But just also, like just as a document of part of their career yeah it's standing on some pretty you know tall shoulders to begin with and i do like it a lot and i think it sounds better you know the the clarity i think of the concert itself Mm -hmm. is better than exit stage left i do still have a real soft spot for exit stage left though
0: yeah i think it's just sentimental though oh it's totally sentimental absolutely i feel like i don't need to listen to exit stage left anymore i really don't Ooh, it's weird. That is weird, Steve. Isn't it?
1: I agree. It's
0: weird. <laughs> Jared chauffeur just drove off the road. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? How dare I say that? I'm not going to apologize for that one, Jared. I'm not. Okay. My expectations going into this were through the roof. They were very high and it exceeded my expectations. It really did.
1: Yeah. It's, it is a fantastic album. That is true. Yeah. I mean, there's also something about exit stage left to, you know, where the songs are broken up. It's not even trying to sound like uh, sequential songs in a concert. Right. Which I guess is, is something that's really good about this concert being a full concert. That right. It's just one song into another.
0: Right. Yeah. I agree. I agree completely. Why don't we get right into it, play some of these tracks from this record and see how it sounds. What do you think? Let's, we might as well. All right. Track one is 2112 Overture. Now, right off the bat, Jarrah, I mean, listen to that. Can you believe how good that sounds? Listen to that. I
1: know. And what I love, too, just about how it starts is you can hear Neil mm-hmm. just, like, banging on his drum. Like you can just hear them, like, on stage getting ready to play. And I love that. And then they just launch into it, and it's an excellent version. You have to remember, Steve, this is only five years removed from 2112.
0: right really is amazing. I mean, Alex Getty and Neil on this are all up front in the mix for me. I don't feel like any of the three of them are taking a back seat as far as the mix goes that Terry Brown did. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, he's mixing it with the band in mind and not really focusing on individual band members.
0: Yeah. And as you mentioned, this is only five years from when 2112 was released. And as Neil Peart liked to mention a lot, this was when Rush the band felt like they had become rush right this was rush at the height of their powers don't you think
1: i think so i mean their biggest selling album for me their best album an iconic album yeah they're riding high on a on a wave i mean we'll get to when they play tom sawyer but yeah what this beginning of this concert is just got to be one of the best ways to start a rush concert
0: and I don't know if this is going to sound weird or not, but when Getty said the meek shall inherit the earth, I I felt like I was in the building. I don't know why. It just felt like I was there. That's how amazing it sounded. Yeah. Well, you're just hoping
1: that's true as well.
0: Yeah. Somewhere in the depths of my mind, I was there. No, I meant that the meek would inherit the earth. Oh, that too. (laughs) Getty's voice on temples is fantastic, right?
1: Oh yeah. He's still hitting all, all those notes. Later on, I think they had to tune down some of the songs, but here he's got his upper register well oiled.
0: Well oiled, for sure, for sure. So Temples was track two, and that brings us to track three, Jer, which is Free Will. I decided to play the solo section of free will just for you, Jer. I know. Well, how, thank you.
1: (laughs) It's so good. It's amazing. It's it's so good. There's really nothing else to talk about. We've talked about free will tons of times. Yeah. And we always talk about the solo section and that's why we talk about it.
0: (laughs) I mean, Alex's guitar sound is so crisp. Getty's bass is thundering and Neil's drums. You can hear them so clearly again. The mix is great. Yeah. So smart of them to bring back Terry for this. Really?
1: Yeah. But the, you know, the musician step in here is just fire Too. this is the second song in the con. I like, mean, well, I guess the third song in the, in the show, the
0: third song,
1: they're really trying to get the crowd amped up.
0: We've talked about on other live albums where some of them, like a show of hands, sound very produced Almost like a real album, and some sound really raw, like Russian Rio. And to me, this is like a combination of both. I mean, it sounds great, but it still sounds live. Does that make any sense?
1: Yes, it sounds better than All the World to Stage. Oh, for sure. And All the World to Stage sounds like a real live album, mm-hmm. like a, you know what I mean? Like a super duper, almost a bootleg yeah. live album. This one straddles the fence between the the bootleg and the overly produced ones.
0: Which makes it perfect, I think. Yeah. Track four on Live and YYZ is Limelight. At the beginning of this, Jared, Getty calls it Living in the Limelight. Did you notice that? I did notice that. I wrote that down. Why do you think that is? I think because it was just so new. Maybe Getty didn't know exactly the title of the song. Is that possible? <laughs> I can't imagine
1: that's possible. <laughs> this is Living in the Limelight.
0: Well, I mean, think about it. I mean, the album just came out a few months ago. Maybe Getty wasn't sure what they called it. I don't know. Is it possible? <laughs>
1: No, that's not possible. <laughs> he does some weird uh, song introductions.
0: He does on this whole album, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, but this is a, just a solid version because it's so interesting to hear Limelight as a new song.
0: Yes, yes. And I thought that about all of the songs on Moving Pictures. Right. I pictured myself being in the crowd and seeing Limelight for the first time. Yeah. And being blown away.
1: And you have to wonder if at the time they knew that they'd be playing Limelight so many times over their career.
0: I wonder, do you think they knew that?
1: I don't know. I definitely think when we get to Tom Sawyer, they probably knew it, but who knows? I mean, maybe they had an inkling because this album was selling so well that they'd be playing these songs Mm -hmm. for the next 30 years or whatever.
0: Yeah. Really is incredible. I just wonder if they knew which song was going to be the one that, People grabbed on to, you know, I mean, they had to play Tom Sawyer. They played Tom Sawyer every show, every show after this, every show. And I didn't do the same for the other songs on that record. Did they know Tom Sawyer was the song? I don't know. You know, I should have looked up like what
1: position it was on the charts Hmm. at this time.
0: Interesting. Very interesting. And Alex's solo, you know, was fantastic. And the thing I noticed about it was the final note rings out for so long. Yeah, I think
1: he's actually playing it as opposed to, it sounds like to me anyway. Like putting it like you know in some kind of sustain on a pedal or something like that. It seems to me like he's just holding on to that note, like physically holding on to that note for a long time.
0: I think so. It's amazing. It's just so great. Yeah,
1: definitely would be incredible. I would love to see him. Just the look on his face playing the solo.
0: <laughs> what like, man, I'm great. <laughs> Man, can't get better than this. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if that was the look on his face, for sure. Right. All right, track five on Live and YYZ. Jer is Hemispheres. not hemispheres in its entirety sadly i know but it is just the prelude and we never got to see hemispheres played in its entirety did we that's a sad thing that is a very sad thing your thoughts on this one it's stunning <laughs>
1: it's it's just stunning to hear hemispheres and i i'm sure you noticed that at that one part where you know the triangle comes in or whatever oh yeah he'll just go he'll go whoa or whatever <laughs> why why do you think he did that i don't know I wonder if something was happening on stage, but it's so clear. You can clearly hear him go,
2: whoa.
0: There's a bunch of different points where you hear one isolated fan just yell something. Did you notice that? But do you think this is a fan saying,
1: whoa? I thought it was Neil. It could be Neil. Could be a fan. Could be anybody. People have to let us know what they think. I thought it sounded like Neil. You could be right. I can't come up with a reason why he would do that. So it must have been a fan now that you mention
0: it. You know what the other weird thing is about Hemispheres? Now every time I listen to Hemispheres, I picture you when that triangle hit comes up. <laughs> <laughs> I picture you on stage
1: going, ding. It was definitely definitely the highlight of my musical career.
0: This could be the highlight of your career period. It's very true.
1: <laughs> it's the highlight of the podcast career.
0: Oh, man. All right, track six on Live and YYZ. It's another good one, Jer. It is Beneath, Between, and Behind. How amazing is it that they were still playing this on the Moving Pictures tour. Right. I know.
1: But you'll notice it's one of the few pre twenty one twelve songs.
0: Yes. The only one, isn't it? Oh well, when we get to the medley,
1: there's more. We get the medley, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean it's yeah, it's the only one other than the medley. Right. Ones. So they're already moving away from those older songs. Yes. That's why I'm hoping if they do a Signals 40th anniversary that they have a good live version because of a concert because i would love to hear if they do any old songs or you know previous to 2112 songs
0: Hmm. interesting and the other thing i noticed is uh the word bird was very clear beneath the noble bird (laughs) yes so any question about whether that was bird or not it's bird it's definitely bird
1: bird is the word bird is the word he says that's very (laughs) true and speaking you know we were just speaking briefly about the weird intros to this song oh yeah this has an what would you call it? It's not an intro. It's he says it after the song.
0: Yeah. Then he adds a couple of more things, doesn't he? What did he say? I forget. He says
1: beneath, between, behind, backwards and forwards. <laughs> 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 you know you notice that there's definitely a a different like cadence to fan interactions, right? Mm-hmm. Because the song ends, and the song ends, and he's like, "That's, you know, that was between, between, behind, backwards, and forwards." You know, and it's just like this almost dead spot, and then they introduce the next song. As opposed to, I feel like when we were going to see them, it was just like one song after mm-hmm. another, after another, after right. another, after another, after another. He would say something occasionally, but it was always just like trying to squeeze. They had so many songs by that time, right? They were just trying to pack as many songs in.
0: Well, and also, I think, I mean, this was 1981, so Rush had only existed for, what, eight years? They were probably assuming that a lot of the fans that were there were new to the band, and they were introducing them to their songs. Yeah, that's true. And 40 years on, the fans that are there, they know the songs by then, at least
1: I hope. Yeah, I mean, if you were going to see them in, you know, 2015, and they had to introduce Working Man.
0: Right, they don't need to do that. (laughs) I
1: don't need to do that anymore.
0: But here, even with Beneath Between Behind, I think maybe you have to introduce the fans to that. Yeah, I guess you're right. Just a thought. Track 7 on Live and YYZ. Another great one, Jared. They're all great. the camera on. Now, this was always a live highlight and relatively rare of Rush to play this compared to the other Moving Pictures songs, don't you think?
1: Well, if I'm not mistaken, on the Time Machine tour, that was the first time they had played it since, since the Moving Pictures tour. I believe so. Yeah, you're right. So it was very, very rare.
0: But on the Moving Pictures tour, it was there and it was fantastic. I
1: know. I mean, you can hear so much in this song. You can hear Alex, like, scraping his strings get his bass sounds so throaty mm-hmm. and Neil is just killing it there's one section I wrote down the time it's at like 7 minutes and 40 seconds in Neil changes the hi-hat pattern really? it's just the most amazing switch to this the, the pattern that he plays maybe we could throw a little bit in sure
0: I wrote that down too that Neil's hi hat was very prominent here. I didn't notice that switch that you mentioned, but now that I hear it, for sure. I mean, he was always so good on the hi hat, right?
1: Nobody plays a hi hat like he does. It sounds like such a a silly thing to say, right? That, you know, he's really good at the hi hat, but it's true. He's doing the craziest things on a hi hat when you just, if you're used to just a regular rock drummer, you know, just keeping the steady beat on it.
0: He's really good at all drums, Jer. He is really good at drums, Steve. You're right. Wow. There's a statement that hasn't been uttered. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let's put that on a t-shirt. Neil Peart is really good at
0: drums. (laughs) Here's a question for you about the camera eye. This is one I don't know the answer to now. Oh, boy. No, seriously. On the video for exit stage left, it did not include the camera eye, right? Sure. When we saw... Rush, do the camera eye. There was a video, great video of New York and London, the hustle and bustle and black and white that went along with the music. That was just great. Yes. Did they have that video on this tour or was that added later? I don't know.
1: So was the video they played on the time machine tour, the original video that they might have played behind the camera eye in 1981?
0: Correct. We'll have to ask someone who went to the show. Yeah, maybe old school Chuck, maybe he knows. <laughs> maybe old school Chuck knows. He may know. Chuck, let us know. Important question. Let's move on to track 8 on live and YYZ and it is YYZ. Jer, Getty did another great intro on this one. Do you remember what he said? This is where we live. <laughs> <laughs> YYZ. Right. This is where we live. Your thoughts on this one, Jer?
1: Well, I just love hearing the drum solo Yeah. in YYZ. Yep. Not where I was almost going to say where it should be, but that's a ridiculous statement to say, but it always seemed like it was the perfect place for the drum solo.
0: And what I love is each of Neil's solos on every tour is unique. He adds something new every single time and it's always great. He's really good at drums. <laughs> he is really <laughs> good at drums.
1: This is, this is a, the, an episode of controversial statements. Yeah, really? You know, it's just <laughs> what I love about here in the solo in YYZ is how he comes back to that fill. Yes. And then Getty and Alex jump back on stage and just pick it up right
0: there. And the three of them are so tight on this song. It's crazy. Always amazes me how they can play this song that's so difficult, so perfectly every single show. How do they do that? (laughs) They're Rush, Steve. Yeah, but anybody else is playing yyz you would think like at least one out of 20 times they're just going to screw it up and be like ah well you know it was yyz it was really hard what could we do
1: well i remember when uh taylor hawkins played yyz with getty and alex supposedly backstage getty told him that he was playing too fast so (laughs) it must be a hard song to play
0: oh yeah he must have been scared out of his wits can you imagine (laughs) yyz with getty and alex he must have been scared to death so track nine on this cd is Brune's bane which as usual was amazing alex's guitar sound on there is just unreal yes and that goes right into of course the trees Hear Neil counting at the beginning before Alex yeah. and Getty come in. That was kind of cool. Yeah, it was cool. I wonder why. Why you can hear it? <laughs> he was probably mic'd. I would think. No, I mean,
1: why <laughs> did he count? Why did he count in on this song as opposed to any of the other ones? I don't know. I
0: don't know. It's a good question.
1: Or maybe he, maybe they, uh, just cut it out for the other songs. Maybe they just don't need to count in. I don't know. It sounds cool. Maybe that's another reason why.
0: I mean, there's nothing more we could say about the trees, but I I do have a question for you. Whenever you see a top 10 list, somebody's top 10 list of Rush songs, you never see the trees. Shouldn't you see the trees more in people's top 10 lists? Was it in your top Rush songs, Steve? No. What's wrong with me?
1: (laughs) I know. (laughs) I'm not sure why that is. That's a very good question. You know, Why is the trees always
0: 11 or 12? Why can't it crack the top 10?
1: Hmm. I'm not sure. I should check to see uh, when people sent us their, their top songs, Where the Trees Fell, if people had the trees. Oh, well, you see what you did there, Jar. Where the Trees Fell? That was great. Oh, that was great. <laughs> Look at me. You
0: didn't even notice you did it. I didn't even do that on purpose. Where the Trees Fell.
1: Well, I mean, with all of the great songs, like you said, something's got to fall outside.
0: Something's got to slide to number 11, Right. Right. All right, which brings us to track 11 on the CD. See what I did there? Look at that. Yes. It's Xanadu.
3: Xanadu.
2: Yeah,
0: The thing that stands out for me with this is just the segue from the trees to Xanadu is incredible, didn't you think? Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> it
1: really is. There's the the keyboard sounds, Getty's twiddling those knobs. It sounds great.
0: Why didn't they play these back to back every single time?
1: Well, you're asking the wrong guy, man. I would have loved to <laughs> I'd love to have heard
0: these songs back to back all the time. This version of Xanadu is just exquisite. And like YYZ, how did they do this perfectly every time? How did they do it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know.
1: I don't even know if this might be the standout for me on the
0: album. I got another random question for you. Okay. What year would have been the perfect time to see Rush live? If you had to pick a year in Rush's history, what year would you pick? Hmm. I think I might pick this year. I think I might pick 1981.
1: Yeah, I would say, personally, 1981 or maybe the Signals Tour.
0: Okay, so you get subdivisions and you get Analog Kid, you get some more songs in there.
1: Yeah, but you still get all the Moving Pictures love as well.
0: Yeah, Hmm. it's a tough question. We should ask our listeners that too.
1: If they could go back in time. Yeah. Or maybe they did see them on all these tours.
0: Which was the best? That'd be a tough one
1: for just the shows that we saw.
0: Yeah, really. It is hard. I mean, a lot of people would say 40th anniversary because you get to see everything, right?
1: Yeah, that's true. That was a good show.
0: It was. It was. Now, track 12 on Live and YYZ, JR, is the spirit of radio. And this fits at any point in a rush set list, like we always say. Yeah. And can this set list get any better? I mean, <laughs> just hit after hit. I know. It's just rolling
1: along. And we've said it a million times already about Alex playing live, this solo is, I don't know, man.
0: It's impeccable. There's
1: just, it, it is impeccable. That is a great one. Thank you. It's such a joy to listen to this song.
0: Well, it's always a joy to listen to this song. I mean, it's a perfectly constructed Rush song and probably, arguably the most recognizable Rush song right up there with Tom Sawyer, right? I would think so. One in 1A? We have a lot of unanswered questions this episode, don't we? so many questions jer so many questions track 13 on live and yyz one of my favorites jer it is red barchetta I see. Now, Getty says at the beginning that this takes place in Rochester. Yes, he does say that. Is that common knowledge? I've never heard that. I don't know. Maybe that's
1: where the short story took place.
0: I have no idea. I read the short story. I don't remember Rochester being part of it. I haven't read it recently, but... That's true. I don't remember Rochester being part of it either. And like we said with the other Moving picture songs, imagine going back in time and seeing Red Barchetta for the first time and perhaps not even having the record yet and hearing it live for the first time.
1: Yeah. See, that's an interesting point. It's because like we went to go see the power windows tour without having listened to power windows.
0: Right. Which made the songs even more fantastic. I think.
1: Yes. And then we got the album and we were like, wow, these songs are great. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine going to this show without having heard any of these songs from moving pictures? Yeah. You would have been blown away right like what did i just witness here right how could you go to a show and hear red barchetta for the first time and not walk away stunned i, I don't
0: think you could i really don't think you could Joe, you're making my argument here <laughs> this is so much better than i just say's left i'm sorry it just is yeah i guess that's true all right it is it's got so much more i mean look it's not like i'm saying it's A different band's album is better than Exit Stage Left. I'm saying (laughs) true. Rush live album is better than Exit Stage Left. That's what I'm saying. This Rush live album
1: is better than this other Rush live album. Right.
0: That's all I'm saying. Right. That's not blasphemous, is it? No. As much as Exit Stage Left is part of your childhood, and I get it. Childhood. It is. (laughs) Like I was playing with
1: (laughs) Exit Stage Left in my crib or something. You should have been. What was your mom thinking? I know. She had wings over America, but she didn't have like a stage <laughs> left.
0: <laughs> All right. Track 14 on live in YYZ, Jerry's Closer to the Heart. We've talked about Closer to the Heart, every live incarnation of Closer to the Heart up until now. Yep. And this one's great too.
1: It is. Neil goes a little kooky at the end. It's amazing. Yeah. He's just playing his heart out. Yeah. But I have a question for you now, Steve. Yes. At the beginning, Getty says you know here's this, another song in in a mediterranean vein what does that mean i have no idea <laughs> i have no idea what that means i don't know
0: so many questions an inside joke could be i don't know i don't know which brings us to track 15 i'm i'm listing these in numerical order as they appear if you listen on spotify i guess yes but we're we're already on track Four, of the second disc with Tom Sawyer right so weird hearing Getty introduce this song like we don't know the song right that's true
2: we'd like to do something else from moving pictures for you this is Tom Sawyer but
1: well, you'll notice too that this song gets the biggest cheer
0: of the night yeah, because people have heard it on the radio and are blown away by the radio version and can't wait to hear it. They've been waiting for this one.
1: So this is Rush's first really, really popular album. Oh yeah, where people who who haven't you know been listening to prog rock mm-hmm. are exposed to Rush, and so they've heard Tom Sawyer on their local radio station. Yep, and this is this is the song they've been waiting to hear all night. If they. Know nothing about Rush. Right. They love this song and they come to the show and they've been dying to hear Tom Sawyer.
0: That's a great point. This might be the first Rush tour where non-Rush fans, non longtime Rush fans showed up. Yes. You know, they heard Tom Sawyer on the radio and said, okay, I'm going to go see this band because I like this one song. Right. And this is the song they were waiting for.
1: Right. That's why the cheer is so loud.
0: Yeah. It makes sense. makes total sense. And this version of Tom Sawyer, of course, is amazing. Amazing.
1: But you also noticed that every other version of Tom Sawyer we've ever heard
0: live is also amazing. That's true. (laughs) And they played this every single show from now till the end. And it was great every time. Great every single time. And as Neil said, he never got tired of playing it because it was difficult to play every single time. Yes. He loved to challenge himself. Track 16 on Live and YYZ, Jer, is Vital Signs.
1: Now you'll notice, Steve, this song gets almost no reaction from the crowd.
0: Really? I didn't notice that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem like anybody was even paying attention because it's such a bizarre song. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: At the time, it was stunning to hear Rush play a song like this, which was, I guess, police-esque, right?
1: Right. And definitely, you know, leaned more toward what was coming next with, with Signals. Right. But it, it's maybe it's just in contrast to the loud cheer for Tom Sawyer that this song sounds like nobody's clapping for it. Maybe, maybe. But I definitely, it doesn't sound like there's a, a warm, super warm reception for this song. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, is a travesty because <laughs> this is a an amazing version.
0: For some reason, I keyed in on Neil's drums on this. You talked about the hi-hat before, and I think on this song... The hi hat is prominent once again.
1: Yeah, this is one of those songs that Neil isn't really playing a lot, right? For parts of it. Mm-hmm. So the fact that, that um, Terry Brown tuned into his what he is playing is excellent because you can you can hear him playing that hi hat again. Yep. And, just, and it's just like the kick drum. It's really a, a fantastic version of the song, and you know, and I like we've said before they wanted fans to like this song. They brought it out a couple of tours yep. later because they wanted people to be into this song.
0: So you'd say this is one of the highlights of this record, right? Wouldn't you think? Yeah, definitely. And it's not on Exit Stage Left, Jar. And it's not on Exit Stage Left.
1: I've already conceded, Steve. <laughs> the album is better than Exit Stage Left.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And another reason it's better than Exit Stage Left is track 17 which is natural science. What else can we say about natural science that we haven't already said Jared? i know this song is like a magic trick that's something we haven't already said that was good how
1: do you pull off natural science live how i don't know
0: rush are magicians that's (laughs) great (laughs) how is it possible when you listen to this song live this version is flawless flawless is what i wrote down
1: flawless flawless you put it as two words
0: no. Flawless. One word. One word. Flawless. Here's another question for you, Jer. Okay. We talked about how snakes and arrows live has a snakes and arrows kind of sound to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Other tours. It has a similar sound like uh grace under pressure tour it has a grace under pressure feel to it. Yep. Does this show have a moving pictures feel to it? What do you think? Hmm.
1: I don't know. Cause I think that the moving pictures sound is very close to the permanent wave sound.
0: That's true. But I feel the moving pictures esque kind of sound here. I really do. Crisp, clean perfection is what I hear. Yeah. And that's what I think of when I think of moving pictures. And that's why I think it was the perfect choice to bring the guy who mixed moving pictures back to mix this. Yeah. Cause it's got that same crisp clean, perfect sound. Yeah, I'll buy that. Okay. Track 18 is an amazing medley. We'll start with an interesting version of working man.
1: know what to expect i was listening to it on spotify and i listened to it a few times on the live album that came with the box set Mm -hmm. and i wasn't looking at the track listing while i was listening to it and the first time i listened to it i was like what what is this like (laughs) is this just a kind of interstitial music that they're playing until they play one of their songs like what is going on
0: so here's a question for you: Do you think this reggae version of Working Man is better than Cyril Neville's version of Working Man?
1: <laughs> Man, Jared, you're never going to let that go, are you?
0: I'm just trying to get Jared going. That's all.
1: It definitely is an interesting version, but I'm I'm kind of glad they didn't play the the whole piece in a reggae fashion.
0: Oh, sure, sure, of course not, of course not. It was it was fun though to hear. It was fun, yes. Yeah. And then they go into Hemisphere's Armageddon, which is great. Yep. And Bitor and the Snow Dog, which is un-freaking-believable. Yeah. So Gaggy is playing these chords
1: during Alex's solo, right? Yeah. It's insane sounding. Does he do that on the record? Or is he just standing next to Alex and like trying to... I don't think he does do it on the record. I don't think so. It's almost like they're challenging each other
3: Mm -hmm.
1: on stage to see who can play better. Oh, I'm
0: sure that's what they're doing. It's like a competition between the three of them. Right. Who can just blow everyone else out of the water, right? (laughs) I know, friendly competition, but competition nonetheless. And the other question I have for you is how do they come up with these perfect medleys that just, (laughs) they go into in the end, in the mood, and then the grand finale of 2112, and each transition is perfect it seems seamless like it was made to be that way. How do they do that? I don't know.
1: I, I don't know. I mean, when we talked to um, Brandon Two's about how he put all the songs together for that drum cover, he had to find the one spot in every song that related to the next song, right? The one, the following song. And that's exactly what's being done here. This just this one moment. That sounds great. Starting off the next, part of the medley
0: it's almost like they had to create a whole new song yeah right i mean they took parts of other songs and turned them into one cohesive unit right
1: yes that's what it seems like
0: it's amazing it really is so we're almost to the end of this and of course you have to end with la villa strangiato
1: yeah what else are you gonna do
0: i don't know i don't know how you could i don't know how else you could end it We always say Rush could pick from, you know, a dozen songs to end a show with, but is this the best of the best of the concert enders? Is this the best way to end a show? Mm. Tough question, right?
1: It is a tough question. It's definitely one of the best ways to end a show. Well,
0: of course it is. (laughs) I'm asking you if it's the best way. I want you to make a controversial statement, Jer. If it's the best way. Yes. It'll upset somebody if you say it. I'm just trying to get you to say it. Just because I love to play devil's advocate, I'll say yes. All
1: right. Lavia is the best way to end a rush show.
0: I don't think you're going to get hate mail about that. I mean. No. Who could argue with that? Oh,
1: plenty of people. But (laughs) I said it anyway. I'm standing by it.
0: There you go. I love it. I love it. And Alex's guitar sound on this particular song is just epic. The solos are unbelievable.
1: Yep. And there's a fun little bit that they do in the breakdown right before the Looney Tunes part. Yes. Yes. That's so interesting to listen to. And you know, at the beginning of this version, oh, they yes. play something. I couldn't figure out what it was though.
0: Yeah. I just wrote down really cool intro.
1: Do you think that's <laughs> another
0: song? I don't know. Like some existing song or what is that? Let us know. TheRushCast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. We don't know. Yeah, A lot of things we don't know here, Jar. Nope. So I guess it shouldn't surprise us that this live record was so good, even though I thought it was going to be great. It surprised me how great it was. Did it surprise (laughs) you?
1: Yeah. Oh, it totally did. I don't know what I was expecting, but to hear a full concert from the moving pictures era was almost like a gift. Really?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think they do for the 40th anniversary of Signals? Number one, do you think we're getting that? I think the answer is yes, don't you? I I hope so. I really hope so. And if they do that, do we get a live show from the Signals tour like this one? Again, I hope so. How great would that be? That would be
1: amazing. Oh, I I can't wait. I know. should be soon
0: as well, right? It should be soon. Well, the 40th anniversary of Signals is, I believe, September 8th or 9th of this year. Right. So I don't think we're going to get it that soon, but we should get it relatively soon. Well, maybe the moving pictures
1: 40th set the precedent for doing it, you know, a year late.
0: Yeah, but that's fine. That's (laughs) fine. Look, I don't mind. As long as it happens, I don't mind waiting for it.
1: Right. I agree.
0: So a couple of things that we learned here, Jer. Number one, amazing job by Terry Brown mixing this, right? Right. Number two, it's better than exit stage left. Yes. And number three, and perhaps most importantly, Neil Peart is really good at drums. (laughs) He is really good at drums. (laughs) That's so
1: true. A lot of people don't know that. We've learned that. If we haven't learned anything
0: else, we've learned that.
1: Right. There might be a fourth thing too, and that would be that Rush... (laughs) It might be one of the greatest live bands in the history
0: of music so true so true you can find us on twitter we are at rush fan instagram find us at the rush cast email jerry let him know what you thought of our conversation about live and yyz is it better than exit stage left let him know Keep those emails flowing. Make your arguments for or against. He can't wait to read them all. That's true. The bass intro and outro, that is Lex. He's great. Jer, give us a great quote to wrap this up, please. Okay. I just chose one of the songs at random perfect you
1: can choose a ready guide in some celestial voice if you choose not to decide you still have made a choice you can choose from phantom fears and kindness that can kill i will choose a path that's clear i will choose free will great choice
0: jared thanks see ya